Life Audio. The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, it's going down this Saturday night. Thank you guys for joining me. I have Sean McKeon and Scott Salman in studio. We're going to do the Wild West vibe tonight. We got a bunch of questions that have come in through social media. And a lot of you guys have been following us. Uh, you can always send in questions to our social media, to Instagram, to our Facebook. Um, and we will we'll get them. And every question is a good question. We take them all because they're all important. And the reason why we take questions is because there's a lot of times that you don't get these questions answered in church because... When you go to church, you're, you're listening to the pastor and he's breaking down a Bible study. But then there's always these, these questions. Like, for instance, you know, I've said this before, like, why do we pray to Jesus? Why don't we just pray to God? You know, like these, these questions that just kind of connect the dots. Uh, what is the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Are they one? Are they three? How do they operate the whole thing? So this is why we want to take these questions. And a lot of you guys have sent in some amazing questions that we're going to be going through today. Um, I'm going to have Sean McKeon go ahead and read the first question to get it going, and then we're just going to just go through one by one, and hopefully we can get through all of them by the end of the show. Yeah, no, these, these are great questions, and like Ryan said, like, as you guys have your, uh, sending your feedback, comments, questions, um, it, it help out so many, not just us, but also for those that are listening. I, yeah. I, I see that a lot, because I think a lot of people like these shows, because it discusses, like Ryan's saying, various issues that you're thinking about as well, like... Check it out. This first one is a heavy question. Um, and let me just read it. It says this. Is it wrong to be mad at God for taking my boyfriend? We were planning our future and he died unexpectedly. I really hate that line that says, God is a plan and things happen for a reason because all that just sucks. Now I'm alone and heartbroken. Yeah. So you see a girl in desperation, right? Yeah. What would you say, Scott? Yeah, first of all, we are incredibly sorry for your loss. I mean, nothing can replace um, somebody close to you that dies. But I, I would like to, to share um, just a, a personal thing. A, a good friend of mine, um, uh, Sean, you know him. He, he, lost his, uh, he lost his son. His son was seven or eight years old. And he, he did not know that his son had like a, a rare heart disease or heart, heart issue. Mm. And, uh, you know, eventually he went in for something super small and then it developed into, you know, whatever they kept him in the hospital and eventually his son passed. But, um, I will say this, um, if your boyfriend, if this boyfriend was a believer, you know, then what he lived for and what he stood for should be something that should make you like want to live even more because you're going to see him again, you know, Mm -hmm. but like my buddy said, you know, um, he said, I was praying every day. I was praying every day for God to give my son a new heart. He needed a heart mm-hmm. transplant. Mm-hmm. And um, he would hear the helicopters come in, he said, and land on the thing. And then, you know, they would give a liver to somebody and it never came. And he was bitter. He was super mad yeah. and bitter at God for a minute. Mm-hmm. But then his, his, his younger son kind of picked him up, off, literally picked him up off the floor. Mm-hmm. And God said, look, I, you, you have your son here. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, and through that, God gave him a new heart. Mm-hmm. Like God literally gave him a new heart and his entire family got saved Mm -hmm. as a result of that one young boy's life, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've seen the impact on the family. So I will say to you, if you're out there, you know, I know this, it hurts to hear this, that God has a purpose and a plan 
and and we were kind of discussing this before, mm-hmm. is that death was not something that human beings were supposed to ever get used to or ever be, you know, comfortable with. We're, we weren't supposed to die. We were supposed to live forever in the Garden of Eden. But since sin entered in, now we have sickness. Now we have disease. Now we have death. Now we have crime. Now we have perversion. We have all the junk that this world has as a result of sin. If you want to see your boyfriend again or, um, you know, you, you've got to make sure that you are walking with the Lord pressing into God. Don't get mad at God for him following through on the curse that sin is. And, and sin brought death to the world. It wasn't your boyfriend's sin. It was sin that came into the world. Mm-hmm. And so don't be mad at God. God loves us. God has given us life. Life is a gift and a, and a, and a present from God that we are supposed to use to glorify him. And her boyfriend did, you mm-hmm. know, for the time that they were together. Their time, as long or as short as it was, was mm-hmm. a blessing from God. Take that and God will eventually heal your heart. I know it doesn't seem like it now, but he'll eventually heal your heart. In the, in the, in the future, he will eventually bring you someone, mm-hmm. and you'll be able to share those experiences with people that, you know, that, that need Christ. So I will say I, that. I want to add something, and that's good stuff, Scott. Um, taking it from a guy that went through um, – mm-hmm. I, I, I saw like my five-to-ten-year five to year plan of me getting married to a girl mm-hmm. – and and you know she we went through like abortions and she cheated on me and and leaving me and I remember uh, what I thought was you know my life my my future plans everything that I wanted you know I was in love with this girl the whole thing and then all of a sudden she just flipped on me and everything went south bad like mm-hmm. depression I felt depressed mm-hmm. I, I've never been suicidal. Um, but I didn't, I felt like, you know, when you're so depressed, you're like, I don't care if I live or die. I don't really care. Yeah, you know? yeah. I wasn't like trying to take my life, never been like that, but definitely feeling hopeless, depressed, anxiety, stressed, mm-hmm. lonely, all these things that I'm sure that you're feeling. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to do what I did and I hope you don't, but what I did is instead of trusting in God, and not even understanding the situation as obviously you don't understand. We don't understand, you know, why yeah. the, these things happen by any means. But I went the opposite way. I basically went to the drugs and alcohol to numb, mm. you know, to, to just, you know, well, I lost the one I love. So now I'm just going to go sleep, sleep with a bunch of girls or go just try to, yeah. you know, as I'm broken, try to have other people fulfill that empty void in my life to, to get rid of that stress or loneliness or depression or whatever it be. And then that led me on a, a roller coaster ride for how many, how many years? I was 21, time, yeah. at least, at least 18 years, you know, 18 years till finally when I gave my life to God, but that whole thing, me running from God, my point is being mad at God, being angry at God. I remember throwing my middle fingers to God in the air and going, I hate you. How could you do this to me? Mm. And all that bitterness, rage and anger led to self-destruction in my life. And instead of just trusting God, and and it's okay to be mad about the situation. Like, God knows your heart. Like, if you're mad at him for doing it, it, he understands. I mean, he knows. He understands. Like, it's okay to be mad, but this is where God has to do that supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in your life, too, so he can speak to you. You know, as you read, and, and, you know, you might be like, well, why do you say read the Bible? Because it's his words. And just read it, and he'll speak to you, and he'll comfort you, and he'll help you in this horrible, messed up situation. By no means is this a good situation or we're saying you're going to get through it, kid. No, it's tough and it's going to be a process. 
And and when you lose someone that you love, like Greg Laurie said, you know, yeah. his son, uh, you know, you never get over it. You know, you never get over it. And, and people would say to him, I've heard Greg say it too, like people walk up to him and be like, you know, uh, whatever that quote was that she said, you know, that 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 cliche quote, you know, and and that doesn't have a plan. Basically. Yeah, the God has a plan. That that doesn't help either because you'll never stop missing that person. Right. So the only thing I could suggest to you is that just go to God with all your issues, all your anger, all your bitterness, all your everything you, that you're mad, and let Him speak to you. And He's the one that has to do the work. Um, there's there's this verse. Uh, in, uh, where is it? I was just looking it up. I think it's Isaiah 55. It says, for my thoughts, it's about God's thoughts. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways are your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And for me, there's a lot of things that happen in life to me and to other people that we don't understand. And I just had to go to that simple childlike faith and just be like god i don't understand how could this even happen why are people why are these kids human trafficked in the Mm, world yeah why why are babies being sacrificed by satanists and the illuminati why are men abusing i just saw in the news this man was sleeping with his daughter his little daughter it's like all over the news right now like why are these crazy things happening and i just have to go back to that childlike faith and just be like god He's the creator of the universe. He's in control. We live in a fallen world, and I just have to trust God no matter what, even if I don't understand what the heck is going on in my world or in other people's world around them. That's it. No, I think both things that you guys said were, like, valid because at the end of the day, it's okay to, like, not understand, to not know. Um, But what I've always – the wisdom I was told um, many years ago is – when you don't understand things, fall on what you do know and the simplicity yeah. of like who God is, his character. He does love me. He's for me. He's not against me. Um, eternity's real. You know, my salvation is, is a guarantee and I can bank on those things. And as far as us as pastors and leaders that have walked through valleys with a lot of people over the years and all of us have had some form of loss in our life as well. Um, but there's many like I... The similar story from from this girl was I had this Bible college student that was in my class, and uh, he was like a happy-go-lucky guy, always sat in the front row. It was finals. He was doing an amazing job. He was a little bit sick. He had like a runny nose or something. And then uh, he went in to the doctor because it wasn't going away. Come to find out that he had, they found out that he had a tumor uh, in his face and behind his nose. And then Shortly thereafter, three weeks later, I get another call from him, and uh, he was given like three months to live. And I went to go see him in the hospital, and he actually um, didn't make it much longer than that. Um, And he was just married. You know, they had only been married for like a couple months. And that the same thing comes into your mind. But like you said, Scott, like um, God will still work out his plans and his purposes in and through our lives, and he will comfort us. And... You know, a lot of times friends and family, they try their best, you know, to be there. Maybe they save some things out of turn, turn, even godly Christians, because it's just not registering to you at the moment. Um, That's where you need to just come in a place where the Bible says, come boldly through the throne of grace. We can find helping in time of need. Like Ryan said right now, 
Like, you can come, like, straight. Like, I don't get this. And frustration. Like, David in the Psalms, like, he wrote multiple times, like, how come the wicked gets away with everything? Like, why are these things happening in the world? So I think um, all that you're facing, like, you're, you're not alone. Um, and the Lord will, will see you through the, this time in your life. I feel also like that people say the wrong thing. I know I say the wrong yeah. thing because they're, they're nervous and they're scared. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've walked up to someone that just lost a, a family member to suicide or to death or whatever. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? Mm. Or, you know, it's like, yeah. you just say something stupid. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like, why did I just say that? Yeah. Because I'm nervous. How you doing? You're doing horrible. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm here, because you just right. lost it. So it's just people say stuff sometimes. It's human nature. Because they don't yeah. know. So yeah, just we want to help, but we don't know how to help sometimes. You know? Exactly. Yeah. All right, cool. What's, what's the um, yeah, this, good this, stuff, though? Yeah, th- this is a, another question that came through. And this rain is something that all of us has faced. We've talked about. You've talked about multiple years. Scott, you've been working with the youth forever. Um, but this is not only a question that we've all dealt with, but it's going to be a constant theme going forward. It says this, I've discovered that my 11-year-old son has been looking at inappropriate things on the Internet. First of all, I'm asking for prayer. Second of all, any input, advice, wisdom you can share with me uh, will be much appreciated. Well, first of all, this is very common with, um, I think the statistics are like 7 to 8-year-old and up is when they discover it. Most of the time, they discover it on friends' phones that have friends that have phones at school or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's very addicting. Mm. Um, um, pornography is very addicting. Um, I think more addicted, more addictive than drugs, mm-hmm. um, because you know when you drink and do drugs, you always there's always a come down. If you go high, you come down, right? And pornography is is a thing where sex, God created sex. It's a sexual drive, but it's also very addicting. But there is a come down with it. And statistics, I forget who I was talking to the other day about pornography. Some, I think I was on the East Coast with a pastor and we were talking about how um, the depression, mm-hmm. these people are become isolated and uh, depressed from it because they're not going out. They're not, um, the progressions of pornography, number exactly. one, yep. they, they stay home because a man and a woman, they have a sex drive, right? Where you want to go out and meet people and talk and, yeah. you know, date and get married social life it's interaction but people that get hooked on pornography they don't leave their home they're actually hooked on pornography and they're watching it all throughout the day never leaving home no interaction and then they feel they know they just feel like a loser and then they feel the, the the condemnation the depression the anxiety screen time loneliness and it just it's just super addictive and it's so hard uh, to get out of it, so some those are the cautions for people that are listening that are and that are that are exposed to it. But um, as far as getting out of it, I mean, one thing just practical is like uh, blockers, right? You could do. I mean, obviously, if we're gonna you know pray and, and encourage them. We can get into that. But like, what are some practical things like blockers? There's some blockers yeah. on phones that will alert the parent that any of the div- devices that go any to these locations. Um, they can alert the parent. Yeah, yeah. From from a start, par- from a parent's perspective, yeah, you can have all, all those um, borders, blockers, things that can help you. One that uh, me and my wife use, and it was suggested by Clay Crawford that Ryan's had on the show before. We've had here at the church a couple times. Um, it's called Bark. 
um, just like a dog bark bark app. Um, it, it's a great app where you can customize it. Mm-hmm. And so it goes from everything. It goes from uh, conversations that your children have on text messaging, emails, um, social sites. You can block all internet. You can block all apps. You can very creative. Um, and it's a What's great. It called? It's called Bark. Bark. B- it's a. It's an app. It's an app. B A R K. Yeah. Um. It it does work really really good. Uh, just like B A R K. Yeah. Just like anything else, you know, nothing's completely foolproof. Yeah. Right. You know. Um. You know, sometimes you get the alert maybe after the fact. Um. But it does alert you. I know it's helped us. Yeah. You know because uh, whether you see your kid engaging in like conversation and all their buddies saying different things and now you kind of see how your kid responds like. For me, my kids do now have phones now because you know they're they're getting older. We have to drop them off places. You know, it just come a, a new way of life. But that's cool that they know. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And they get alerted. I get text messages all through the day, and sometimes it's silly stuff. You know, like you know, just talking trash on the right. phone. Nothing really gnarly. It flags for for being bullied or they're bullying somebody mm-hmm. or sexual content or medically concerned. Like it, you know, it, and yeah. and so. It, it's really it does work really well, and what it does is it helps with conversation because with everything with your children, it all does come down to conversation and like helping them. You know, um, I know you want to say something, Scott, but what I would say this is very important for you to realize: in our reactions to our children right away, it's just like, what the heck are you doing? You yeah. just want to like put them gnarly in check. And I've had to do that with my kids at different times, um, and then because that's your first reaction, you're like. What the heck are you doing? You forget about the person you once were, mm-hmm. you know, from back in the day. Yeah. But then, like, how what, could you? <laughs> how could you? But you, you pray, and you know, God will will lead you if you really trust Him. And then it's okay, this is what you have to do: you have to recognize that just like you, your children are going to battle with their sin nature for the rest of their mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. and this is a teaching lesson for them, for where there is spiritual warfare, where the enemy wants them. Um, to pull them in, in a direction, why these things are, are not good for them, what it does to the brain, their mind, mm-hmm. watching images, uh, engaging in stuff where you're belittling people, talking trash to people in a way that harms them, and what if they do something stupid? And like it allows you to have those open conversations. Right. And, and when it comes to, especially when it comes to the level of things that they watched, you know, you just need to know wisdom. You mm-hmm. know, obviously. Uh, if it, it's sexual, right, and it's a young boy that has checked out a bunch of pictures and videos of girls and stuff like that, obviously, um, we understand, like, you know, there's an attraction between a man and a woman. You know, God has created men and women differently. And, and as they get older, you know, they will have that, that spouse. You know, whether this is a boy or whether this is a girl, I, I don't remember. I think it's a, a boy. But they'll have that wife someday, and you want to make sure that they're honoring you know what? And this, what I always say is like, God created that attraction between a man and a woman, but Satan comes and he distorts it, and he mm-hmm. turns it into something that destroys, and it, it's a battle that we'll face. Mm-hmm. We're gonna say, Scott. I was gonna share. You know, um, he's eleven years old, and it wouldn't matter if he's eleven, twelve, fourteen, or fifteen. Uh, we all have kids. You know, some of our kids are younger, some of our kids are within that range, and dealing with kids in the high school at the time. You know, one of the things that causes a kid to be ashamed is that it's in secret. You know, now that, you know, you've discovered that he has this issue, just love on him, love on him, explain to him what the biblical definition of real sexuality is and real intimacy, show him 
you know, that, you know, he doesn't have to be ashamed in, in the sense of like, now that it's open, you guys can talk about it. You could pray about it. If he's having those issues, you know, set the parameters, but also let him know that, Hey, those things are going to come back in your head. Now that you've seen that stuff, you're going to have to battle it and you're going to be fighting this for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. but we're here to fight with you. We're here to help you. Yeah. And if you struggle, talk to your dad, talk mm-hmm. to you, your brother, you know, talk to somebody at the church, you know, like make sure that you get the opportunity that, that doesn't isolate them. Don't like shame them so bad yeah. that they sit in a corner and go, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible person. Right. Everybody battles with something. Mm. And this is his particular battle at this time. And so take the time to talk to him, find out how he got into it, make those, you know, those boundaries or something and set that, set that boundary, let him know that this is what we're going to do to keep this from happening again. Mm. And so that he knows that you're actually putting forth an effort mm. to give him some help. So. You know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about like, you know, you can go to Barna Group or, or, you know, or there's a, probably several websites out there mm. now that talk about the effects of pornography. Mm-hmm. And you can just, as you're saying, like it's an open conversation, like, hey, look it, let's, uh, now we know this is happening. Let's talk about this. This is what the statistics say. Mm-hmm. And you can answer for yourself in your own mind. Yeah. This is what, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. You feel depressed. You feel lonely. Mm-hmm. And you could go through and say, these are the effects. Now, the question is, and, and if he's involved in it, obviously, you know, there's a lot, a lot of it. He's already experiencing these effects. But, like, these are the effects. Do you want this lot, lifelong effects to be in your life to get worse and worse? Because this, this is what happens like a drug. Mm-hmm. These are the effects. So if you want help, these are the things we, we're going to want to – we want to help you set these guidelines in place. But this is literally – because sometimes – when you're involved with something, yeah. you don't know you're experiencing the effects of it, but you don't realize, like, why am I so, like, why do I feel so lonely? Or why do I feel I have so much anxiety now? Or why am I depressed all of a sudden? You don't realize the effect of sin, mm-hmm. certain sins in your life, unless someone could kind of walk you through. It's just like drugs. Well, the side effects of LSD is, you know, yeah. you'll be paranoid. You could see... <laughs> You could see crazy stuff, you know, you could freak out. These are all the side effects, but you don't know mm-hmm. unless someone can, you know, tell yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And that helps to really look and go, just like when we were doing LSD and stuff yeah. back in the day. I did my research. What are the side effects? You know, what does it do? Mm-hmm. So at least I knew what I was getting into. And then you're like, okay, you got to be cautioned, you know. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a crazy you thing. You did that, research before you did it? Well, like, I wanted to know about it, yeah. you know. Like, what does it do if you wow. take it, you know. Like, wow. Well, research as yeah. in, like, I asked people. Yeah, like exactly. So when you do it, what happens I can't see you doing research on Well, dope. not, <laughs> yeah, not computer research, but asking, okay, so what am I getting <laughs> myself into? Book yeah. yeah. <laughs> what am I getting myself into, no, okay? I got you, yeah. Okay, so there's going to be pink uh, elephants running around or what? But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. What you just said right <laughs> That's now. That's why I never did peyote because I was like, wait, people were just like out in the desert for like, you know, 24 hours uh, just talking walking. To ca- talking to cactus. I'm like, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> that sounds too much of a commitment. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this is like a very important uh, uh, question. I really do in the days that we're living because everyone's going to, to deal with this at some time or another. They just are. Yeah. It, because, like Ryan said, how does it happen? You can have all the blockers that you yeah. have, like in your home, stuff like that. They're going to get around you it know, if they want to. There's yeah. video content. There's commercials nowadays where oh, you see geez. stuff. You go to the movie theater, and there's songs. There's previews. Yeah. There's uh, songs. What do you call it? Um, videos. Videos. Yeah. Videos. Yeah. <laughs> um, there Instagram. are friends and cousins and all that kind of Dude, stuff. Video too. games are the big one right now. Like, it's yeah, huge. it's it's literally everywhere. Yeah, and it's that's why everywhere. You know, that's why, like, Clay Crawford and multiple people, I think Opal Singleton that we've had here before, too, they say, before you give your children um, phones or devices like that, 
make sure you've had the sex talk with them. Mm-hmm. You know, because once they have a phone or whatever, it's going to it's going to happen in some aspect of having some kind of image. It's, it's important to get ahead of stuff mm-hmm. sometimes. Again, you have to use wisdom on how far you go in, in your communication. And children are at different levels of their understanding of stuff. Um, and that's where you have to really trust in the spirit. I would say this, too, from a parent's perspective, uh, don't let Satan condemn you either. I mean, I think the first thing that happens, because sometimes this can divide a home. This can divide a marriage. They'll be like blaming them. Like, you, you know, you're with the kid. Like, what what happened? Yeah. yeah. You know, or vice versa. Uh, the the wife, you blame the dad. Oh, this is because of what you say or what you do or, yeah. you know, you talk mm-hmm. about your life in the past and blah, blah, uh-huh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You, you know, whatever it is, and it starts dividing the home, yeah. uh, you got to come to a place uh, of unity in the home, and you discipline with unity, um, and you pray for your children, and you. And the the main thing I'm telling you, the main thing you need to strive for is open communication yeah, with your children. For sure, you know for sure. where they could be like, hey, we, we can discipline them, do whatever you need to do, take away that device, you know, take a TV away, take what, whatever you have to do with a lesson, yeah. like I care for you, like Ryan was talking about. Going through the, the damage and the results of um, pornography, it's like basic level of a kid. Like if somebody gave you a, a cup, a poison, like would you drink this? No. Yeah. No, why? Because the effects could destroy you, kill you, poison you, put you in the hospital? Of course not. Like pornography basically is like poison. Yeah. And as you take some, like, you don't know, it'll mess you up in, in a lot of different areas of your life. And so just having connecting the dots on stuff that they can understand mm-hmm. can help in, in those ways and the, the side effects that will affect them. And uh, and then the other thing is, too, like, I think it's also important to a- ask, especially if, the, if they've been brought up in the ways of the Lord and, you know, even kids like there, there is that nature in us. We, we know the battle between good and evil. It's like when you were watching, did you feel bad about it? Like after, and oftentimes they'll say, yeah, I did. I kind of, but after a while you you just get used to it and you kind of drown that out. Mm -hmm. Well, that guilty, that shame that you're feeling, uh, that, that guiltiness, like it's actually conviction. Like God's showing you it's not good. Mm -hmm. So you got to use that as like an alarm, like in your life when we're mom and dad aren't around, like, and you feel like this is wrong. Like I, cause if you're hiding it from your parents, Mm -hmm. hiding it from this, it's probably wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and if it's wrong before your parent, it's wrong before God. Yeah. And so just getting to that level where you just turn them into that relationship with God. Like God will lead God and direct you. When you feel uncomfortable, just like we do when we've been in a conversation and we're in a situation like, I got to bounce right now. This mm-hmm. isn't a good place for me. Like you turn the kids over to have that relationship with God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good stuff. So. All right, well, we're going to be um, coming to a break here in a few minutes, and I want to just take a minute to just plug uh, the movement. We've been, um, we've been touring the Whosoever's Movement. Um, if this is your first time tuning into the show, uh, we are a movement of Whosoever's reflecting Christ and culture. We tour the globe, bringing the gospel to the battleground, which is in the public schools, uh, high schools, universities, colleges, uh, and middle schools, and wherever – youth may be, and God is uh, pouring out of spirit. We're seeing a lot of people get saved, and no matter where you go in the world, because we're all looking at our screens, they're all going through the same stuff. We were just in the Philippines. Uh, we were in Chile before that. Um, we we, were con- we have like a, a high school uh, today in, in Temecula. We got Mexico, LA, yeah. Mexico. Yeah. I mean, all over, all over the globe, all over the United States. So contact us. We would love to come out to see you guys. We have, I think, like 10 ambassadors now. 
that from all different ages, from uh, you know, 21 up, and um, we are seeing a high uh, result of kids giving their life to Christ because there's so much crazy stuff in the world now. They're literally coming to a place where they're like, the mental health, it's depression, it's anxiety, it's suicide, it's stress. It's because the screen time. It's because how much sin can you put in your life before you go crazy? Like sin makes you go crazy. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. You're, you're, you're getting into trouble from it, and then it starts affecting your life. Garbage in, garbage out. But on the other side, God is touching people's lives, and guys, uh, students are giving their life to God, and their whole life is turning around. So contact us at thewhosoever.com. Go to uh, Ryan Reese Official. That's our the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So you can get all the past radio shows. I have a book out called <coughs> Kill the Noise. It came out about a year ago. And uh, it's called Kill the Noise, Finding Meaning Above the Madness. And it's everywhere where books are sold. But it's a discipleship, faith builder book. It'll walk you through how to find a relationship with God. And then the, the transformation, the crossroads where you're at, where you might be dealing with pornography. You might be dealing with these other addictions and stuff in your life. And I will show you the pathway through the scriptures of to overcome, hear God's voice, and then to see who you are in Christ, your identity in Christ, and then the plans that he has for you. Because once you find your identity in Christ, that's where you feel the confidence. That's where you feel secure. That's where you get the plan. And then that's when God starts using your life in a great way. But the problem is people don't know their identity because they're identifying themselves with pornography. They're identifying themselves with this rap music. They're identifying themselves with the LGBTQ community, all these different things. When you were created in the image of God and God has a plan for you uniquely while you're here on planet Earth. So check that book out. Kill the noise. It's everywhere books are sold. Purchase it and get inspired. Peace. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. the Ryan Reese show. All right. It's going down. We are back with Sean McKeon and Scott Salman in the studio. We are taking questions. A lot of you guys have sent questions into our uh, social media platforms and every question is a good question. 
So, um, man, the first half was pretty amazing, those, those first questions, yeah. man. People are getting real with real-life stuff, real issues that they're going through. But God is, is faithful, and he will, um, he'll, he'll meet us where we're at. It doesn't matter what you're going through. And like we were talking about at the break, you know, some people are dealing with hard times that they're going through, and they're, they're mad at God. Or they're angry because of life circumstances. Mm-hmm. Go to God. Don't feel just because you're mad at him or you're angry or bitter because of things that have happened. Don't stay away from God. Go to him with that heart and say, God, I'm mad. I'm angry because of this. I'm bitter because of this. Why are these things happening? But God will reveal himself as we read and we pray. He will speak to us, and he will get us through this time. And I'm not saying life's going to be perfect rainbows and unicorns. Uh, life is, uh, you go, it's, it's, it's like a roller coaster, ups and downs and uh, all arounds, you know, um, exciting times, very scary times at moments. Yeah. And, um, but, but it's the journey and God is, is faithful and he'll be with us all the way through it. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the questions that, that came through as well, this is a general question. Like Ryan said in the beginning, like there's no dumb question. There's no, like it's from, it's all from praying to, Man, what is faith? And that's some of the questions that are going to be here. Um, just real simple. You know, because for me, too, I didn't recognize, like, what does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be born again? Like, it all sounded foreign to me. And that's yeah. what this question is. It says this. How can I be saved? Christianity teaches that salvation comes through faith in Jesus Christ. But there are, but there are questions about what it means to have faith, how to repent of sins, and what happens after we die? So, first of all, let, let's talk lot, about salvation. Let's talk about yeah. salvation. What, what is salvation? Let's talk about salvation. When we say someone is saved or the need of salvation, what does that mean? Or people say, you're one of those born-agains. Yes, exactly. <laughs> those things used to confuse me. So oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're like one of those born-again guys, right? <laughs> like, they don't even know. What do you mean born-again? <laughs> exactly. So what, what, is, what is salvation? Yes, Salvation is believing that God, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for the sins of the world 2,000 years ago. And, and how do we have uh, some facts about that? Uh, just a few facts is that he split time in half. We have uh, uh, A.D. and B, uh, B.C. You know, we have uh, before the death of Christ, and there's a 30-year gap where he lived. And then we have A.D., which is uh, the year of the Lord, where I think it's in, like, from Greek or Mm-hmm. Uh, Latin or one of those uh, languages. Yeah, so um, he, Jesus Christ, is the only one that split time in half. Mm-hmm. Like he's in your face every single day. When you write the date, mm-hmm. when you look at your ID, um, he did it. He died and he raised from the dead. Um, and when you, you – there's a lot of uh, the uh, Jewish books out um, that Josephus wrote, mm-hmm. these, these Jewish scholars that didn't even believe he was the son of God, but – they wrote about him mm-hmm. that he was a man because a lot of people don't even believe that he even came to Earth. Like it's a it's a fairy tale. Yeah, but he's in the historical books. Yeah, you know, because uh, I've seen people on Instagram go, "I don't believe in fairy tales." They didn't believe Jesus was even here on Earth, but yet there's tons of facts and literature for people that didn't believe he was the Son of God that he was here on Earth. But we know he was the Son of God because when you believe by faith. That he died on the cross and raised from the dead. There's an empty tomb out in Israel. You can go there now in Golgotha, which is is in the Bible as well. Um, When you believe by faith that he died on the cross and raised from the dead, he will implant the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. And literally what will happen is the Bible says that all the old things in your life will pass away and things will become new. 
And just like one of our friends, Nick, when he gave his life to Christ, he was in the in the, in he was like in a biker gang and selling drugs, and he gave his life to Christ. But he said when he woke up the next morning for the first time, he heard the birds chirping, and everything looked colorful. Like he was in in, in drugs and in a very dark place. But when he received the Holy Spirit and he confessed in sins and he believed that Jesus was the Son of God. He received the Holy Spirit, and there was an immediate transformation. And that's not everyone. Some of you guys heard the birds chirping right now, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you're not a Christian. But for he, where he was at, there was an immediate transformation that starts happening. Like when I gave my life to Christ in that hotel room, I started reading the Bible the next day, and I landed, and I felt peace for the first time in my life after my plane ride. Mm-hmm. There was an immediate something that happens in your life, and that's through faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when, when it comes to salvation, like as Ryan's talking about, he's talking about the forgiveness of sins, the, the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And understanding salvation, one of the key things is understanding sin. Mm-hmm. Sin, uh, the Bible teaches, is that sin came to the human race of the Garden of Eden. And from that time forward, every man is born in sin. That's why right after Genesis chapter 3, we see the fall of man. In chapter 4, you have the first murder of the Bible. It displays um, the, the, the evilness in man's heart. Mm-hmm. You have the Tower of Babel. You have the days of Noah. And all that is doing is showing and that there is a battle between good and evil. In the Old Testament, because of this, God had his people that he would raise up, a special people mm-hmm. uh, known as the, na- the nation of Israel. And God was going to show them how they could have a relationship with God. In the Old Testament, there were rites and rituals and sacrifices and atonement, all for them to deal with the sin issue. Mm -hmm. And this would get them into that relationship with God. But all of it was a picture, as Ryan was talking about, speaking about Jesus going into the future, Mm -hmm. that the Messiah would come. In the Old Testament, lambs, turtle doves would atone for the sins of the people. But in the New Testament, it says Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, because the penalty of sin, the Bible says, is death. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to uh, deal with the penalty of death. And it's been said before, like, if you put yourself in a court case and you have all of these guilty crimes against you, like you robbed a bank, you murdered, you did all these things, like you are deserving of death or a penalty or sentence or whatever. But if somebody comes, the judge himself is able to set you free and declare you innocent or righteous because somebody took the penalty that was due to you upon them, you'd be stoked. And that's basically a picture of what Jesus does for, for you and I. He, the penalty has to be paid. The penalty was paid at the cross. And, and, and because of that, the Lord gives us his perfection, his right standing on our account that we can have peace with God and we have the hope of eternity. So basically, simple. Salvation is that... Being saved from the penalty, which was death because of sin, and saved is we don't have to experience that. And that is what, what salvation is. Yeah. Anything to add to that, Scott? No, I think you got it right on the money. You know, um, and, and, you know, the question was how, how, how can I be saved? And, and Jesus had a conversation with a religious person. Yeah. A lot of people think if i got to be right with God, i got to do something. And the only thing you need to do is respond to the free gift of God, receive him as your personal Lord and Savior, and then begin to follow after him. Read your word. Find a church that teaches the word. And allow yourself like a little baby to learn. Like literally learn how to digest solid food, meaning the word of God. 
uh, teach yourself how to walk, you know, how to learn how to walk. It's going to take a little process. Some people, you know, it, it's a little quicker than others, but it's a process. You're learning. And we're, we're constantly learning. We're still going at it. Mm-hmm. So you are saved through the gift of, 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 of Jesus on the cross, his life on the cross. God's uh, gift of his, his, the life of his son on the cross. That gives you salvation through his blood. But now you have to work out that salvation. What does that mean? In other words, I need to now apply myself by faith, like believing. Believing that God's telling the truth. Yeah, believe that he's <laughs> telling the truth. His word is true. Mm-hmm. What he said, all those promises are legit. Mm-hmm. They're for me. Now I'm going, to, I'm going to walk towards that. And I'll give you an example. Like We believe that when we go to an airline and we buy a ticket, that we're going to actually arrive in that destination. Yeah. And then we strap ourselves in with a piece of nylon <laughs> and a big giant aluminum, <laughs> aluminum tube filled with hundreds of thousands of gallons of flammable explosive fuel. How many feet in the yeah, air feet, with 30, the nylon strap? Yeah, 30,000 feet in the air. <laughs> and then we fly from point A to way B and we trust and believe that we're going to get there, right? But then we won't trust that there's a God who created the heavens and the earth that could get us to heaven. It's ridiculous. It's like... So yeah. that whole concept with the seatbelt. <laughs> That's a good point, dude. That's going to save me, right? <laughs> hey, that is amazing. Hey, I want to go back to what you said about disciple because you said about discipleship, yeah. right? Um, I was listening to actually Daryl Strawberry today on, a, on an interview, and he was saying that he gave his life to Christ, but he never got discipled. Mm. So he gave his life to Christ. Hey, I believe in Jesus that he died on the cross for the sins of the world, and, and God forgave him. At that moment, and he yeah. gave his life to Christ. But what happened is, because he never got discipled, which learning how to walk is, I think, was yeah. what you said. Yeah. Is if you read, you have to like read the teachings of the Bible yeah. because the Bible gives us God gives us the Bible, and what it is, it's a book, a spiritual book that gives us guidelines or boundaries to live within mm-hmm. for a good life. And even if you aren't a Christian. And you read the Bible and you live by these boundaries, you will actually have a really good, healthy life. Mm-hmm. Because the teachings and the boundaries that God put us, gave us, is so that we can live a healthy life and we don't have a, a horrible life that affects our life through sin and murder and greed and, you know, all these different things. But what happens is, a lot of people think it's it's about it just a sending the sinner's prayer. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins, and then I'm a Christian. Yeah. But there's no transformation. The Bible says, this is why if you read the Bible, he says that the old things, like I said, will be passed away and all things will become brand new. You will have a new heart. You will have a new desire. You will have a new mind, and, and things will change in your life. But if you don't get discipled, and what happens is the discipleship, it's it's that's the, the instructions. But if you don't get discipled, you're just going to go continue living like you live, and there's going to be no no change in your mm-hmm. life. And if there's no change, then you're not a Christian because the Bible says the Jesus actually said uh, good trees produce good fruit. And mm-hmm. when he's talking about fruits, he's talking about uh, your actions in your mm-hmm. life, good actions. Yeah, but bad trees yeah. when you're when you have all this sin. And darkness in your life, you produce bad fruit. Think about it like a rotten piece of fruit. So if you're clearly living a sinful life and not walking with God, you have all this bad fruit. You're stealing, you're watching porn, you have anger problems, you know, all these different things. But when you're walking with God, the fruits of the spirit, the spirit-led life is good. Self-control, joy, happiness, and all these, all these different things. So just like 
um, musicians or or you like to shoot guns a lot, mm-hmm. Scott, right? So you've you've read. I mean, I guarantee you that you've read tons of books, mm-hmm. um, magazines. Um, you know how the guns function. You know uh, how the you know the AR works versus a pistol versus the, the de- different different tactical training that you mm-hmm. do. You do a lot of that training. Mm-hmm. You go you go and do training. Yeah. you're very highly um, educated in the tactical uh, gun world, mm-hmm. and therefore. I would look at you and be like, dude, like you are, you're a tactical, uh, um, tactical shooter or, mm-hmm. you know, tactical guy, you know, mm-hmm. about tactical training where I am. I, I go to the range, I shoot, I know how to do pistols and stuff, mm-hmm. but that's it. It's more for like that kind of uh, shooting. Yeah. So if I were to say I'm, oh yeah, man, I'm, I'm tactical mm-hmm. shooter. I know this, that, no, I'm, I'm posing. I'm, I'm a poser. I'm posing to act like I know. About the tactical side of things, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you know because you have studied in the same way us as Christians. Mm-hmm. We study the Bible, we read the Word of God, so we understand the teaching and we know the God, the the life that God has planned for us. Right. Therefore, that makes us a Christian because Christians are Christ-like. Amen. But if you just like Daryl Strawberry said, I gave my life to Christ, mm-hmm. but he had no good fruit in his life. He was using drugs and he had a really bad background too. He says his dad used to rip a shirt off yeah. and get like a, um, an extension cord and yeah. whip him, him and his dad and him and his brother were like, we're going to kill, we're going to kill our dad. Yeah. And his dad pulled a shotgun on him. He's like, I will kill all of you. Yeah. You ever get close to me. Yeah. But what happened is all this drama and all this stuff in his, in his background, he gave his life to Jesus. But then when he was, on the field as a baseball player, he said, and he had his jersey on. He was a baseball player, but then when he took that jersey off, he was this messed up guy. Yeah. And he never got discipled. He never learned, studied the word of God. So there was no transformation. Yeah. And that is the biggest problem with so many people. They call themselves Christians. They go to church only on Sunday. They only hear a 30-minute Bible study. Yeah. But they don't ever apply not only what they've learned, but they are not reading enough and learning enough daily mm. to be able to counteract the crazy stuff in their life. There's never a transformation. Yeah. yeah. It's like Paul says, you know, when he's talking about the Corinthians, he's like, you know, by now you've been Christian so long by now mm. you should be teaching other others, but because you're so immature, like little babies, yeah. I have to keep giving you milk instead of solid meat. And you know, this from the musical industry too. A lot of these guys, they get saved undercover, mm-hmm. and then they're instantly surrounded by a bunch of flaky, weirdo Christians yeah. that give totally. them some bad doctrine and teaching, uh-huh. and then they adopt that, yeah. and they never get actually never grounded. Yeah. Yeah. Think about right now, you know, in our age, if we didn't eat any steak or any, or any oh, yeah. and we just were, had bottles. Yeah. Hey, let's go to lunch. We all pull out bottles. Yeah. <laughs> like, th- think about yeah, that. Right exactly. now, you're watching this on, on YouTube. Yeah. Look at Hey, if we just were like, hey, you know, we just, you know, for lunch I have chocolate milk and the other one I have, you know, strawberry milk and we yeah. just we just drink bottles. <laughs> That's literally the visual yeah, yeah. of Christians yeah. that have given their life to Christ but they've never matured. You're still yeah. sucking a bottle at 30, 40, 50, yeah. 60, 80 years old. Yeah. And you're still struggling. I don't know, man. It's I'm I'm just struggling, man. I haven't learned how to ride a bike and I haven't really learned how to walk. I still crawl and I'm just a, I still sleep in a diaper, I poop and pee. My my pants and that's my christian walk like literally that yeah. is the visual of what paul is writing is. you're yeah. still infants on a bottle Amen. you're still wearing a diaper you're still 
drink in your bottle, and you still have to have your mom rock you to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you sleep in a crib. Exactly. It's, it's pathetic. Yeah. No, and, and that's what goes down to, like, the, the maturity factor. Of, you know, we're talking about faith, you know, and it's simple. The Bible says that by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is the gift of God. And just like any gift, you have to receive that gift. Uh, if you want to reject the gift, you also have the, the opportunity to do that as well. Um, but when by faith you ask Christ into your life, everything changes. Mm. It, it really does. Um, but it starts a new journey. And it's that reckoning the old man to be dead. Now, the other portion of this question, and this is a word that's been brought up multiple times. Let's break this down as well. Repent. What, mm. what does repent mean? Uh, there is penance. People have heard that before. Yeah. Um, they've maybe seen signs at a freeway with some weirdos saying, like, repent, like, you're going to die. Or, you know, various, er, er, you know, understandings of what repent means or repentance. Yeah. Well, I'm laughing because... You got a joke in your story. Yeah, no, it's not a joke. This is a true story. Not, I, didn't go in the, I didn't go in my diaper right now. No, um, a funny story about repentance is I, when I actually, when I first became a Christian, repent, okay, it means turn away from your sin. But then I looked up the word. And it literally means, to, like in a military thing, to do an about face. Like you walk up, you see it, you go the other direction. And I always share this one experience where uh, my buddy hooked me up on a blind date, you know. And you know, he's like, yeah, she's cool, she's cool. And I walk up to the door to get her and I see her. I'm like, I just turned around and walked away. <laughs> like It was not what I wanted. It was not the direction I wanted to go. And I turned around literally walked the opposite direction. That's what repentance is. You see your sin. It is not attractive to you anymore. It is not what you want. It is not what God wants, and you see it for what it is, and you turn around, and you, and you literally run in the opposite direction. Book it. Book it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's like, you know, some people get in this, um, this state of, like, I, I was kind of brought up Catholic from my dad's side of the family. So, you know, it was standard to, like, you go in, you dip the holy water, and you go through. Did and, it burn? You know, Did it burn you? No, it didn't burn. Father McKeon. Then when you leave... Many people just do the same thing. Yeah. You go, you go drink, you go party. You know, it's like they go through these rituals with no change. Rituals, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's no no repentance. Mm-hmm. They even have like in the Catholic. I never went that far, but like confession and all that kind of you stuff. You never we, went to confession? No, I, oh my I, gosh. I wasn't a good Catholic. I, I was going to really go. That, that guy would have went nuts if he. I'd have to go there. Me and my brother would just. Oh, sir, you can't come back. Here me again. and my brother would just <laughs> sit there and just yeah, it was it was. Painful, no, it's actually. true. It's true, though. But, but people huh. go yeah. mobsters. No, people are known, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In, yeah. In Catholicism, you got mobsters. You got yeah. people like yeah. from in New York and yeah. Boston and uh-huh. all these areas that do some crazy yeah. stuff. They think that they can go confess to a, a priest and like, okay, how many Hail Marys do I do? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'll do that, and then you go out and you do your own thing. Yeah, and I'll be back. That's yeah. not biblical repentance. No, that's religion. That's, that's religion. religion. Yeah, you don't see that even in the Bible. No. no. Uh, yeah, you don't. The Bible see that says anymore. to confess your sins to, to each other and to the Lord. That's yeah, it. The, yeah. When when David sinned, what did he do? Before yeah. you and before you only have I sinned. Yeah. And then he made it right in the eyes of man. Yeah. You don't hear anything about priests in that. No. Yeah. Too often about you, about confessing to a. Yeah. Uh, a Actually, Samuel a, called a him out, and yeah. then he confessed to the Lord. So yeah. yeah. Repentance. There has to be a change. We kind of alluded to it already. Like when Ryan was talking about the faith and the maturity aspect. Like there has to be. Um, fruit that comes out of your life just means as far as actions like yeah. the person's not the same as they once were mm. you say that you have faith and trust in jesus christ and you, you are saved your life should display that mm-hmm. like you shouldn't be in the same place of doing drugs and alcohol and committing adultery and doing all the things that you once did mm. there should be a transformation and that would 
And that's why the Bible says it's the love of God that leads a man to repentance. When you recognize how much God loves you, there, there should be a change. Uh, you, when you receive that forgiveness, um, it should lead you in a different direction for your life. Jesus says, come follow me. And, and that's the key. I just thought of, I just got this thought in my mind as, as you were talking about um, a tree that, you know, when we talk about it, can a good tree produce good fruit and a bad tree produce bad fruit? When you, when you have a tree that is producing bad fruit in your garden or in your house or whatever, um, you have to start fertilizing it, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to start fertilizing the water, make sure it gets sun or whatever. Right. And what happens is it starts to revive. It's not like an immediate like, you know, okay, I fertilized it. I gave it some water. Tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and we're going to have some nice apples. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Or like the lemon tree is going to be perfect. Yeah. It's, a, it's a slow process. You know, mm. you're still going to have rotten fruit. Some, some part of the tree could be kind of dead or whatever and – you know, you'll start cutting the pruning it or whatever. But what happens, the fruit will start changing over time. Maybe even that season, it won't be like this great crop of, of mm. maybe the lemons or might be like small little lemons. But then, you know, the next season that comes around, then maybe you'll start producing. So don't get discouraged that, you know, when you when you repent and you're starting to read the Bible, that you think your whole life's going to be changing like immediately. Right. Like it takes some yeah, seasons it sometimes it's yeah. it's the fruit could be good on the first season or kind of you know somewhat good but then it'll get better and better and the next you know you're going to be having like amazing fruit coming out of of your life so don't get discouraged it's it's a process it's you know, a process you know i know we only have a couple minutes left this time went by really quick but the last part of that question and we got to be quick on this is important uh, to answer what happens to you when you die because that was the how she ended her question after you're saved Yes. Yeah. When you when you have a relationship with Jesus and you and you are a Christian, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. In other words, we don't you don't we don't die and go to hell. Mm-hmm. Hell is gone. It's it's a race. It doesn't have any sting on us. We close our eyes and breathe our last breath on this earth, and open them up in the presence of God, and we hear the words, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." We enter into the joy of the Lord. Period. Mm-hmm. So we're in we're in heaven, mm-hmm. and yeah. Jesus promised that where I go, you're going to be. Because you heard me say in my house, there's lots of mansions, and I got one for you. Mm-hmm. The most famous verse in the Bible, John three sixteen: mm-hmm. For God so loved the world that he mm-hmm. gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him shall not, what, perish, but have everlasting life. When Jesus is speaking about the gospel, he's speaking about the hope of eternity in it. Like you misquoted if, that, Sean. It's whosoever. <laughs> I know, dude. Right? I was like, Sean, hey. come on, man. <laughs> So, with that being said, like false doctrine, you're not speaking of the King James, bro. (laughs) Anyway, go on. Um, The gospel has a foundation looking at eternity. Yeah, you know, because this life around us that we see is temporary. The life that is to come is eternal, and that is the hope that we have in this crazy world. There is the reality between heaven and hell. The Bible says that hell was created for the demons and those that have fallen. Um, But for those that reject the love of God, those that reject Jesus as being the way of salvation, Mm -hmm. the Bible says that hell is reserved for them as well. Mm -hmm. But man, every man and every woman will have a choice. Mm -hmm. And so when you choose life, when you choose Christ, when you are are saved, when you are walking by faith, not by sight, and you've asked Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, you have the hope and the guarantee of eternity with the Lord. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit who now takes residence in your life, is the down payment for all that God has given to you, that is going to entrust in you, yeah. and you can truly take that to the bank. Amen. Excellent. All right, well, we only have two minutes left, so um, go ahead and go to the Ryan Reese official to the YouTube. Subscribe. 
Uh, like, check it out, share it with your friends that might be encouraged by the show. Go to thewhosoevers.com. Check us out there. We got products. If you want to donate to the cause and uh, you know help support what we what we got going on, our mission is the Great Commission. Uh, we're reflecting Christ and culture, leading the way to reflect Christ and culture. And um, yeah, and the book, the Discipleship Faith Builder book. It was interesting because we were talking about boundaries and and identity in Christ. I have a chapter that uh, uh, talks about your identity in Christ, mm-hmm. and uh, and it talks about these boundaries that God lays out. I go a little bit more into uh, detail to help you guys to see how these boundaries apply to your life and um, these the, the plans that God has for you. It's very simple. Like you, we we overcomplicate things, but literally, it all comes down to simple obedience: read, mm-hmm. pray, and obey. Mm-hmm. Not just on Sunday, and but it's every day, twenty four seven. And guess what? You're gonna make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We all make mistakes. None of us are perfect, and that's where God's grace is and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. God will speak to us, and he leads us every step of the way. Sometimes we get on these detour routes, and just because we forget to read, we forget to pray, and then all of a sudden we start feeling like a little anxiety, a little stress, irritable, and that's because your spirit is is hungry. And this is why we have the Bible. It's the Word of God. Just like when you don't eat, you get irritable, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, you eat, then you feel good again. Just like when your spirit eats, it reads the Word of God. You feed your spirit, and then all of a sudden you feel that peace again. You're not irritable, and you get focused again, and God's able to speak to you through His words. This is why we have His words. So I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next Saturday night. Peace. Peace. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.